is a Horizon 2020 project that aims at setting up a European forum composed of research and innovation stakeholders active in the fields of smart grids, storage and local energy systems. The name itself is an acronym standing for Pan-European Technology Energy Research Approach and the vision behind the project is to create through the European Interconnection for Research Innovation a multifunctional collaborative platform. Venizelos of Timiu, my guest for this episode, is the project coordinator. He is also a member of the steering committee of ETIPSnet, of Euroelectric and of the SET plan, as well as of the Horizon Europe Programme Committee. He is also the chairman of the Research Centre FOSS of the University of Cyprus. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlit and Friends focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Hello, Venizelos. Thank you for being here with me today. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here to discuss things around our very important project, Pantera. Uh, I'm glad to hear it because, uh, yes, there are some questions I have for you and I was looking forward to pose them to you. So would you please, first of all, describe in a few words what the Pantera project is about? Well, the Pantera project attempts to bridge the gaps uh, that currently exist in the energy field in Europe between member states as regards research and innovation and effort and financial commitment for achieving the strategic objectives of Europe for 2030 and 2050, leading to a low carbon economy in support of the environmental aspirations of humanity. That's a, a very, as you mentioned, needed thing in the European energy sector. Uh, research and innovation needs this kind of holistic view in things. And you sort of answered my second question, which is which need of the EU energy grid uh, is Pantera covering and how? But I would still like you to elaborate a little bit more. Oh, yes, I do uh, think that there is a lot more to that. And uh, the Pantera project is targeting the specific areas of smart grids, storage and local energy systems. And key objectives in this process is the development of a multifunctional platform to connect the EU research and innovation community to enhance collaboration, very important, wider interest and use of project results. This last issue, the project results, is of critical importance in research and innovation. And that is why ERI gives a central role into this. Through this, avoid redundancy and lost euros through duplicated efforts, strengthen the participation of member states in support of research and innovation in Europe. All contributing entities will benefit through the enhanced connectivity and wider range of services, leaving no one behind, as we all know and we all talk these days in Europe. Exactly. And uh, you mentioned the entities that participate in the project. May I please ask you to tell me who is involved? Yeah, we have in this project uh, nine uh, spread partners from Europe. Uh, who are two coming from Cyprus, FOSS and SUT5. It is the Association 
of Europe, which is very well known, of Derlap, the RSE of Italy, Sintef uh, from Norway. We have the University College of Cork, Ireland. We have the UCD University of Dublin, the Technical University of Sofia, and Physicalas Energeticas Institute of Riga, Latvia. All esteemed uh, entities indeed. And who is the target audience of the project? Yeah, uh, the Research and Innovation Community of Europe is central in this. And we aim research and innovation. And so this is our main target objective. But of course, around it, we are aiming the stakeholders and influencing other entities that affect research and innovation activity in Europe. So specific emphasis is towards the direction of the 15 low activity countries. I don't know if you knew it, but we have ranked 15 countries that are very low in research and innovation activity. And these are Cyprus, Malta, Greece, Bulgaria, Romania, Poland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Croatia, Portugal, and Ireland. All these need support and need strengthening their research and innovation. I wish I could say that these countries come as a surprise. Being a Greek myself, I wish my country had done a bit better. But yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise. It's always the Nordics and Central Europe that manage to score higher. But I see that Italy and Spain and Portugal are not part of this list, right? Am I right? No, or? Portugal and Ireland are there. Yeah. And there were two lists. In one, Italy is in, and in the other, Italy is not in. So let's say it's on the border. Okay, it makes me feel a little bit better. No offense to our Italian audience and friends, yes. of course. Now, given the diversity of the continent's various grids and the peculiarities of each EU member state, how can we secure fair and competitive research and innovation in a pan-European level? Okay, this question of yours is central in the ERI platform and the work that we are doing, because this is actually a main objective of our project. So it is true that we have diversity in the detail of the evolution of systems supporting the energy needs of Europe. And this is naturally desirable since sources and local conditions vary. However, technology evolution based on approved standards and codes is well perceived and it is the way for achieving most with less cost and energy resource. And we need, in addition, a common understanding of where we are and where we are going and the active contribution of every bright mind in Europe to be utilized. So that is where ERI comes in, into play to bring this uniformity, accessibility and much needed collaboration without losing the local competitive advantage in achieving solutions. You mentioned standards in your answer and from experience, uh, both with Enlit Europe and Smart Energy International, and now with the Enlit projects, I know that there are various standards from various associations all over Europe and not only. Last year, I interviewed a director from a Japanese company that is creating standards that they're hoping to bring to Europe. 
I'm a little bit confused on this one. Can we have one common standard for the entire Europe or is that impossible? Well, as you know, uh, Europe has its standardization body, Senelec, for electrical uh, usage. And so the Senelec of Europe, the standards, are meant to be doing this specific approach and service towards the technology evolution in Europe. And, um, and it is, let's say, us coming from the engineering sector, we know very well that if we don't meet the standards, it means that we are not meeting the requirements of the low problem solutions that we envisage and we want into our everyday life. So I think in Europe we are doing very well with standards and we have achieved even, for example, I would uh, say only one uh, example, for example, mobility. In order to be, uh, let's say, frontier free and move mobility, electric mobility throughout Europe without any problem, we need a common plug. We need a common way of charging our vehicles and it shouldn't be different from one country to the other. And also today, there is a lot of talk about how we will roam from country to country in the same way that we are doing with our mobile phones. And these are issues that are highly within the standardization process and we have achieved at least in the first part with the plug, we have a common plug, plug type 2, which is widely used and is common throughout Europe. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, to be honest, if you're happy about standardization in Europe, I'm happy. So I will ask you about the modus operandi. So how can we ensure a pan-European modus operandi as Pantera promises? And what are the obstacles that, in your opinion, that the project will face? Yeah, well, uh, Continuing on what I have already said, I would stress the importance of building a common basis of evaluating progress, identifying gaps and needs, and uh, through strong, diverse collaborations, pave the next steps. This is critical importance because maturing of technologies and how we evaluate this and how we agree on that and how we identify future needs and requirements is something that is not completely covered within the policymakers and decision makers. And quite often, the Commission was raising this issue of how can we achieve to Horizon Europe and publish our research programs and calls and uh, what we want to further develop without knowing in uh, quite let's say, reliable way and in a quantified way where we are with progress. And so in that direction, we are trying through ERI to help and we are trying to build a quantifiable methodology of doing that and helping everybody by using results of projects and making it easy for consortia to give these results in order to automatically quantify progress made and identifying needs and requirements and this to be accessible by everybody. And you know how much important it is for every person in Europe to know where we are with technology evolution and where are the gaps needed and how many euros we are going to save because we are not reinventing the wheel. 
So this is an area where we consider ERI is going to help. And behind these needs to be achieved lie the obstacle that we are facing, but we are doing well and we feel strong that with the support of JRC and the Commission that are with us all the way, we will manage to make a huge step forward as Panthera Project and the ERI that we are promoting. So basically, Panthera project not only connects the dots on various levels, but will also offer a transparent platform for everybody to know what is going on. That sounds really, really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, which technologies, in your opinion, best enable digitalization? And is Europe a front runner in the world on this uh, topic? Okay, is uh, as Europeans, we would like to be first runners, of course, we all know that, but digitalization highly depends on communication infrastructure and related technologies, but also we need in the electrical industry, numerical solutions embedded in the control loops, in controllers, etc., of active components of the integrated grid. Smart meters, smart grids are a must to move forward to achieve smart solutions in all spheres of energy use. In all this, we have power electronics behind these applications and systems are a strong point of the digitalized world and Europe enjoys a high share of this development work. So there are areas where we are very, very strong as Europe, but there are other areas that are, we are weaker and we are followers. Okay, so you're an optimist. You see the, the, the glass half full, let's say. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Correct okay. interpreted. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you know, part of why we're doing this series of podcasts on uh, projects is because we want to start a dialogue with the European Commission. Now, I know that you personally have a connection with the European Commission and everything, but for my last question, let's say for our interview, I want to focus a little bit on rules and regulations. So if you could right now address the Commission and tell them, what is it that we are missing in Europe or what should we change when it comes to regulation? And mm -hmm. I intend, of course, mainly the European level, so EU Commission, but also local, you know, the local authorities. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a very difficult question to answer in many respects, but I would say that a common thing that we find is that regulation usually follows and it follows slowly. I mean, is not responding to technology developments fast enough. Hence, we normally experience a slow adoption that's slowing down energy transition. This is a bad thing. Huh? And we need to see incentive-based regulation being a common practice. And this is still not so. In other words, what do we mean by incentive regulation? We mean uh, to give the pluses the positives to people that invest in the new technologies that will make our lives easier, more friendlier to the environment, more efficient. And so these issues should be supported by the regulators and look at them and not penalize because they were a bit more expensive in one year. And this is happening in some countries. Huh? Only very few countries in Europe are really doing incentivized regulation, incentive regulation. So 
a faster adoption of maturing technologies and research and development requires uh, regulations to go a bit faster and being ahead. And in order to achieve that, we should adopt what we call a research and development sandbox, as is known, which will allow testing of new systems, new technologies in the real world environment without being universally employed, but tested in the real world and in order to influence policy evolution and policy development faster in order to be used. So as an example, uh, if I say as an example, smart charging of electric vehicles using attractive tariffs is still not possible due to lack of deployed smart systems to support them and lack of tariffs to reflect possible cost savings that are achievable for the benefit of all. So smart charging, everybody's talking about it is talking about the handicap of not having enough charging points for our vehicles. But at the same time, these need to be smart. And for them to be smart, we need evolved systems to support them. So regulators have, uh, technologies are here with us. Huh? They are here, they are tested. We know they are operationally possible, but regulation does not support them and deployed systems do not support them. Why? I hope this is not an actual question because I cannot uh, answer it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a question towards the regulators or the policymakers that you will go to talk to. <laughs> exactly. And I'll make sure to take it with me. Thank you so much, Venizelos, for being here with me today for this really interesting conversation and for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and the Enlit Europe website. Just hit subscribe, and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.